Welcome back to Cancer Perspective. Thank you for joining us. As we follow the Cancer Awareness Month calendar, some months have more than one topic. In February, we celebrate bile duct and gallbladder cancer, or cholangiocarcinoma, and Cancer Prevention Month. We will take on each of these in separate episodes. First, we'll break down gallbladder or bile duct cancer into medical terminology. Gall or bile is what breaks down our food, especially fats. Bile is composed of water, bile salts, bilirubin or broken down red blood cells, fats, including cholesterol, fatty acids, and lectin. Bile or gall is yellow or greenish, and also what colors are feces brown. It's bitter tasting if you've ever had bile reflux. It is a necessary part of our digestion and filtering of toxins within our body. Gall or bile is essentially started in the liver and is stored in a sac or a bladder, another word for sac. In medical terminology, another word for bladder or sac is cyst. Of course, because there's many confusing words for everything, the gallbladder is also termed a coli. The coli is the gall, part of where the word cholesterol comes from. It's C-H-O-L-E. If a gallbladder has to be removed, it is called a cholecystectomy, a coli for the gall, cyst for the bladder, ectomy for removal. Cholelithiasis, or gall and lithiasis, is stones. Those are gallstones. When we're talking about gallbladder cancer, we're also talking about the ducts that take the bile into the actual gallbladder part. Therefore, gallbladder and bile duct cancer is called cholangiocarcinoma. Coli for the gall. Angio is for the ductal system. Angio is for the transport system. There are many examples of the angio system within our body. The cholangio system is the tubules and ducts that take the bile from the liver to the gallbladder into the intestines for digestion. That's a very long way to get to cholangiocarcinoma. Cholangiocarcinoma is very rare. It also has different parts within the diagnosis. The actual cancer can start within the ducts that are inside the liver or outside the liver. Inside the liver is intrahepatic, so that would be intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma. Outside the liver would be termed maybe perihylar, and that is a ductal system closer to the pancreas. Your gallbladder sits right under the liver and the lower right ribs. That can be a place where you can have some pain if this has a blockage or a tumor starting to grow. 
gallbladder pain can also be what we call referred or you can feel the pain of the gallbladder in your right scapula or your right shoulder blade. Because it's one of the rare cancers, it is not the first diagnosis that a physician will make and usually takes a long time for diagnosis because, like we've said before, we start with what's more common in medicine and rule out things before you get to something that is much more rare and unexpected. Nearly all of the gallbladder cancers are adenocarcinomas, or cancer that are part of the gland-like cells. And that's important because a liver cancer normally starts with what we call hepato. That's the medical term for liver is hepatic. Hepatocellular carcinoma would mean that it originated in the liver. And again, when we're trying to come up with diagnoses and the correct treatment for a person, it is extremely important to narrow it down to the very type of cell that started. Signs of gallbladder cancer or cholangiocarcinoma include abdominal pain, bloating, and losing weight without really trying. Also, yellowing of the skin and the whites of your eyes, a term called jaundice. Tests and procedures to diagnose cholangiocarcinoma include a cholangiopancreatography. That is a scope that's going to go right to that gallbladder area and near the pancreas and take really good pictures. Sometimes it is important to open up and have surgery that looks directly into the abdomen, hopefully laparoscopically, making an incision and inserting the camera into a very specific spot. A dye can be injected into the bile ducts to record where that dye goes and show where the blockage is and how does that blockage look. An example of this is an ERCP, or endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography. Endoscopic retrograde, meaning trying to find where the normal flow of that bile ductal system and where is it really going. Endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography looking in the gallbladder and the pancreas over on the rightmost side of the pancreas. CT scans, MRI scans, ultrasounds are also often used to diagnose. Besides the more common adenocarcinomas, there are papillary adenocarcinomas or just papillary cancer that develops in the gallbladder. These are finger-like cells and growths. They are considered less likely to spread and have a better prognosis or outlook than your typical gallbladder adenocarcinoma. People who are prone to gallstones are considered at a higher risk for gallbladder cancers. Gallstones themselves can be fairly common, while gallbladder cancer is considered rare. Most people with gallstones will never have to worry about gallbladder cancer. 
How gallstones develop is also one of the mysteries. With all those lipids and salts, we know what the stones are formed out of, but are not quite sure how they actually start to form. We can live without a gallbladder. The gallbladder fills up as we start to eat and then empties out as our food is being digested. The sac becomes flimsy and floppy when we haven't eaten or the bile has been used up for its purposes. And it sits empty again until we eat and the liver drains it in there. So the medicine has figured out that we can definitely live without a gallbladder, but we need the whole gall or bile or coli system in order to digest properly. If we start to lose weight without trying or trying to figure out, well, what's going on? Are things just running through a person and not being digested appropriately? What is happening? Risk factors for gallbladder cancer include being obese, We've talked about being overweight in cancer risk reduction, but for some reason, obesity is known to be a risk factor for gallstones, which might be linked then to the higher risk of gallbladder cancer. Females are three to four times more likely to get gallbladder cancer than males. Like we've said before in several episodes, being of an older age is also a risk factor. The average age of diagnosis of cholangiocarcinoma is 72. You can get it when you're younger, and we have seen very young people in their 20s and 30s get gallbladder cancer, but it's much more common to be over 65. In the United States, the American Cancer Society has identified that gallbladder cancer is higher among Mexican, Latin American, and Native American peoples. The lowest risk is among African Americans in the United States. Worldwide, gallbladder cancer is more considered in Southeast Asia, India, Pakistan, Central European and South American countries than it is in the United States. If you have a family history of gallbladder cancer, because it is rare, you should be screened to see if you also have a risk of this rare disease. Other risk factors include any itis of the coli system, cholangitis, gallbladder polyps, abnormalities within the bile ducts, typhoid, people who are chronically infected with salmonella or those who are carriers of salmonella or the bacterium that causes typhoid are at higher risk for gallbladder inflammation and cancer. Thank goodness typhoid is very, very rare in the United States. There have been studies that have linked smoking, exposure to chemicals used in rubber and textile industries, and exposure to nitrosamines. Nitrosamines are organic compounds that can be found in foods such as cured meats, processed fish, cocoa, beer, and other alcoholic beverages. They can be in processed vegetables and cereals, though in very smaller amounts, 
But again, when we talk about obesity and diet being a risk factor, this could be one of those reasons. Because cholangiocarcinoma or gallbladder cancer is so rare, there are really no screening tests to identify gallbladder cancer. Most don't go looking for an issue until there are signs and symptoms of a gallbladder issue or disease. That makes it a little less likely to be diagnosed early, but it can happen. If you are diagnosed with gallbladder cancer early and it's localized, there's no sign that the cancer has spread outside the area of the gallbladder or the bile duct, then the five-year relative survival rate that we've talked about is more than 50% chance of being alive at five years. Localized is close to 66%. Regional, meaning that the disease has spread outside the actual gallbladder to nearby structures or lymph nodes. Regional growth means that the survival rate at five years goes down to about 28%. And then distant, where you've had metastatic disease, gallbladder cancer has spread to the lungs or invaded too much of the liver, the five-year survival rate is closer to 2%. These numbers, remember, don't take everything into account. Now we have many more options and how to treat people and treatments improve over time, over and over again. We've seen good development of outstanding drugs with leaving people who may not have a cure with a good quality of life and a longer survivable rate. Remember that we've talked about it doesn't matter what any chart or graph says. It just matters how you do or your loved one is doing. The ribbon color for gallbladder and bile duct cancers is Kelly green, a brighter green. There are several different green cancer ribbons, but gallbladder and bile duct is unique to the Kelly green, the brighter and more fluorescent green. Join us on the next episode as we celebrate Cancer Prevention Month. Thank you for tuning in. Wear your Kelly green. Take care and spread kindness.